I think there's always a, a danger when we hear a, a gospel or when we hear the readings uh, of the day that as such we, we listen to them or we hear them like we would hear maybe the news headlines in the evening or we would hear them almost from the perspective of, of entertainment, you know what I mean? So we'll see how the story ends, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but that's not the purpose of the readings. The purpose of the readings is not to uh, entertain us or, or it's not just to kind of fill a little slot here uh, in, in mass. This, is, this word is, is, is alive and it's, it's divine, you know, so it's, this is the same Jesus yesterday, today and forever. So his word then is, is a word that's relevant to you and to me today. So I think it's, 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 a, it's, I think it's very healthy, it's a very healthy mindset to look at this gospel and say, Lord, what are you saying to me as opposed to how did the rich young man, how, how did things work out? Where did he go? What did he do afterwards? Did he ever meet Jesus again? You know, it's kind of interesting. You can, you can imagine the chosen developing that whole theme like of the, the rich young man appearing again later on uh, somewhere in, in Jesus' mission. But just when, when I read this, just, just two things that, that, that struck me. The way that Jesus would have looked at the rich young man. So Jesus looked steadily at him and loved him. Jesus looked steadily at him and loved him. Now that would have been like, you know, radio silence. If you're listening to the radio, and the radio, if, if, if the radio is quiet for two seconds, it feels like an eternity. If the radio is quiet for four seconds, you think something is broken, right? You know, so the guy is talking, 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 music comes on, and then suddenly, if there's dead silence, it feels like an eternity. You can imagine this, though, when, when you know, there's hustle, bustle, people around the place, and then this man asks, um, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Jesus lists the commandments. He says, I've obeyed all of these. And then Jesus just... Looks that you could almost imagine how how penet how piercing that would have been as as this gaze meets yours and there's there's just something there's something different about Jesus. He doesn't look at people like other people look at them. You know, uh, we we look at each other. We see we see the exterior. We see maybe what they're wearing or uh, how their hairstyle is or if their clothes are in fashion or not or torn or not or dirty or not or whatever it may be. Jesus doesn't care about it. <laughs> he just looks. Straight into the soul. You can just imagine, like, how. What would you think? What would you? What would you feel? Would. Would you think? Wow, there's certain things I really need to change now. Certain things I really should have done this morning. Certain things I. Or or what? So, I think when Jesus looks steadily at us, there's, there are a couple of possible reactions. When Jesus looks at us, because he is, uh, the God of all consolation. We heard it. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, God of all consolation. Jesus actually wants us to be consoled. Okay, so he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be healed. Now, there's a couple of possible scenarios that we, we might have as regards this. Number one, we might not realize that we need healing. So we might be in complete, we might be completely oblivious or maybe even in complete denial that we need healing at all. And what's interesting for me now, as, as, as I'm approaching my midlife crisis, um, what, what, I am, what I am noticing about people a little older than me, a generation maybe ahead of me, um, the more I'm, as I said, the more I'm getting, I'm getting older, the more I realize that older people, I used to always think as a child, older people had it all together. They had it all together. 
You know, I used to always think when I was a child in, in, in primary school, secondary school, teachers had it all together. They had their careers, married, cars, houses, it's all good. I just thought that everything was just kind of, but by then they've kind of sorted out all of their, you know, exams and problems and addictions and all those kind of things. That's all, that's all, that all belongs to youth and that's all been fixed and finished now. So now they just kind of cruise the whole way home. And what I realise now as I get a wee bit older is that we, we, older people don't have it together at all. Uh, in my generation, my son, we're, we're, I'm 40, what am I, 2, 42? Um, my, the parents' generation of today, we don't really have it together either. Like there's, just, there's, there's so much hurt out there. There really is. There's so much, so much kind of brokenness. I'm not saying that we're all kind of just going on the place, oh, poor, woe is me. But, but, but th- things are difficult. Like just because you get older doesn't mean everything just suddenly falls together. I mean, there's addiction in families. There's hurt in families. There's bereavement in families. There's... Um, the uncle, the brother that, that people don't talk to because he defrauded the family and so on and so forth. Like, things just don't magically get better just because we get older. So there's, there's, all, there's all of this going on, right? And we might be oblivious, either oblivious to it or, or in complete denial. I might not even realize that the reason I'm so aggressive is because when I was young, my, my dad used to push me to achieve and achieve and achieve. And now I, I just have this kind of drive in me that I don't really know where it's coming from, but I always have to prove myself to someone. Maybe it's have to prove myself to me that I'm good enough. And so I'm always driving myself and nothing is ever good enough. And this is why I'm so cantankerous. Or I might, might just be savage jealous of someone because they have some skill or talent that my older sister had and I never had. And my mom was always saying, why can't you be more like your sister? So, you know, there can be all sorts of reasons as to why we act the way we do. And we might be completely oblivious as to, to why. why. Why am I so easily angered? Why am I so easily jealous? Why am I so... Why do I always feel I have to be like the, the pretty one, the handsome one? Why do I always feel I have to dress in a way that, that attracts attention? Why do, I, why do I always have to drink so much? And, and this, all sort, this sort of thing we can carry on well into our 60s, 70s. So I might be oblivious to it. Second thing, and this is the, the gospel of today, I might recognize I need to change something, but not want to. That, that's probably more sad. That's, I think that's a, that's a sadder situation where, where the Lord looks at him. He looks steadily at him, pierces right into his heart, and says, there's one thing, and I, one thing you lack, one thing isn't bad. Right? I think if he looked at me, he said, no. Father Patrick, there's about ten things you lack. Okay, I'm just going to give you the first three. You can work on them, right? So, he looks at him and says, there's only one thing you lack, which isn't, again, it's not bad going. Like One thing you lack. Go and sell your property. Sell what you own. Give the money to the poor. And he doesn't say the word, but effectively what he's asking is, and trust that you will have a treasure in heaven. Give away what you have. And trust me that you will have a treasure in heaven that's far more important, a treasure that will never pass away and no moth can eat and no rust destroy. But just trust me. I'm asking you to take away the safety net. Follow me. Take away the safety net. It's kind of easy. Yeah, Lord, I can can follow you. I mean, I have the the life savings of a half million there in the bank, so I'll follow you. If that doesn't work out, I can always go back to this. So I'll follow you and... You know, we have, a, we have a, a back door. No. Follow me with no back door. Follow me with no safety net. Trust me. And the man goes away sad. 
Now, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I understand him. He goes away sad, for he was a man of great wealth. So he recognizes, and it's, again, it's the Lord telling him, not just anybody. The Lord gazing into his heart and saying, this is something you need to change. But he doesn't want to. You know, I think often people blame God for all sorts of things that God has nothing to do with. Um, <clears throat> why doesn't God change this person or that person? You know, it, it, what, what, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to take away your free will? Do you want him to do violence to your, to your heart, to your, to, your, to your interior life and force you to do something? Is that what you want? I don't think anybody actually wants that. Wouldn't, then God will have to take away the gift of freedom that he gives us in order to make us do what's right and avoid what's wrong. But he doesn't do that. He gazes into your heart, looks steadily at you, and loves you. There is one thing you lack. There's a third possible scenario that the Lord looks steadily at us and tells us there's one thing or two things that we lack. Then through the grace of God, we might actually decide to do it. We might actually say, you know, you're right. You're fairly good at that. Um, and this is something I need to change. And it's something that needs to, it needs to change now. It needed to change about 10 years ago, but I wasn't ready. This needs to change. And this has to stop now, or this has to start now, or this process of forgiveness or healing or um, my, my desire to numb myself through my addictions to the, the phone or alcohol or drugs, whatever it may be, get back to the root of it like and again the Lord looking steadily at me and loving me and saying this is the cause this is the root this is the problem work on that through forgiveness through acceptance through allowing yourself to be loved whatever the grace may be there's a whole myriad of things that it could be but I think there, there are our scenarios you know we can be oblivious to, to the healing that we need we can recognize the healing that we need in the sight of God and say, I, but I'm just, I just don't want it. I don't want it. I actually don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to let go of the hurt because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve my forgiveness. Very, very dangerous words. Very, very, like the, that's cancer of the soul right there. Or the third scenario that, Lord, I, I see the need to change and I see my, my smallness in front of this enormous challenge, but Lord, with your grace I can. Lord, with your grace I can. So today, especially during Holy Communion, as the Lord looks steadily at us and loves us, what is this one thing he's asking for, this one thing that we lack? What is it really? Not just like I should pray an extra Hail Mary, but to be good, but maybe the Lord is asking for something deeper and is asking for, for permission to work inside you. He's asking for permission to heal you. Very often this process of healing, it's, uh, it's not so much a miraculous stick of the fingers and, and you're good to go. It's a learning how to walk in grace. It's a learning how to walk with the Lord. It's a learning how to 
rely on him every day to be able to forgive that person, to be able to say no to that temptation, to be able to, to choose what you know is right even though it's not what's comfortable. And that can be hard, but then we're learning to walk daily with the Lord. That's, that's such a gift. So even then, our temptation, our problem, our cross can actually end up leading us to a daily walk with the Lord. And so then even our temptations and our crosses serve God ultimately if we choose him. So we ask the Lord today to transform all of these things, transform our lives, transform our hearts, reveal to us what we lack, preferably maybe one thing that we can work on, that we can learn to walk with him as he looks steadily on us and loves us. Amen.